2: Good
0: morning and good afternoon
2: to all my devoted moms out there. Thank you for joining us today, Thursday, December 6th. Thank you for showing up, guys. Um, this is Tasha, and Regina will be joining us shortly. And I just want to thank you uh, for continuing to listen to us every week. I'm
4: continually
2: humbled and in awe of um, this great opportunity, and I'm just thankful.
4: For you all joining us.
2: So thank you, thank you. If you want to call in, feel free to call in at 347 215 6138. You can always join us on Facebook at Devoted Moms. And you can also join us on Twitter at Tasha and Regina. So today is going to be a great show. We've been looking forward. Actually, doing this topic, and will probably be a topic that we'll do a few times throughout the year. Um, but today is phenomenal fathers, and we want to honor some of the fathers out there who stand behind these great devoted moms. You know, with I know in my life personally, I couldn't be as devoted to my kids as I'd like to be if I didn't have such a phenomenal husband and father who supported me. So we want to highlight those phenomenal dads today and we have a lot of phenomenal dads who are in different situations who have become fathers under different circumstances and so we thought it would be nice to highlight some of those fathers that Regina and I know, that Regina and I know personally. Um, also if you're a phenomenal father you're listening out there right now or if you're a devoted mom who knows a phenomenal father and if they'd like to call in and share their story on how they became a dad and you know what is it about them that makes makes them a phenomenal father I'd love to hear your story. So, again, you can call in at 347-215-6138. Again, that's 347-215-6138. I actually wanted to start off uh, telling this story that I've learned a little bit about today. It's kind of a sad story um, for all that are involved, but I thought it, really did speak to the topic of phenomenal fathers. Um, but there's this uh, family in Utah, an adoptive family in Utah, who adopted a child about two years ago, and apparently um, all the paperwork was not signed correctly. And the father is in the military, and he was a, a deployed, I believe, when um, the baby was born and put up for adoption. He did not know
4: that his baby
2: was put up for adoption. And so in the last about 19 months now, he's been fighting to get his daughter back. And that, for me, speaks to the epitome of what a phenomenal father is, that he has not backed down. And that he's continued to search for this little girl and wanting to have her in his life and to be the main, um, the main person in her life, and she'll always know that her dad was a phenomenal father because he never gave up. And the last judgment that came down is that his daughter will be given back to him. The adoptive family has sixty days to to return the child to him, and I say that this is a tragic. Story for all involved because the adoptive parents have raised her like their own for almost two years. And I can't imagine the devastation that they're feeling at this time of having to give up a child that they thought for all intents and purposes was going to be in their family, you know, for the rest of their life. So there's just a lot of hurt feelings and confusion and anger going on right now. I can only imagine but I do want to highlight that I believe this is a phenomenal father for him standing by his daughter and really trying to fight to get her. So when you get a chance, if you want to go online and just Google the last name Aiken, A C H A N E, if you want to read about the story and just uh, you know see if see how you know how it touches your heart.
4: Gail, have you uh, heard that story Sylvia yet? I have not. Um, what's the what's the? Tell me again what the? Where to Google?
2: Um, Google the last name Aiken. A C H A N E. That's his last name. I believe Terry is his first name. Yeah, I
4: see a picture here. A uh, mm-hmm. married man's adoption horror continues yes. adopt a family of child his wife gave up are fighting his court to win to have a daughter return, this is absolutely a tragedy for everyone. It really you know, is. there is good news in this, the way that you just presented it. I mean, the the fact that this father would search, you know, for and fight for his daughter, you know, I don't what know. a phenomenal father. You know, but then exactly. the, ache, the ache of having a child... You know that you bonded with and that bonded with you for two years, and you know for the adopted family, you know that they that pro- that journey didn't begin the moment she arrived in their home. She had been a part of their great at heart, stream and anticipation for probably months and years leading up to that adoption. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Is, yeah, I'm looking at AC. H A N E and Terry is the Terry Akin is the natural father. Uh, you know, this, there are so many incredible stories around the world of men who are wonderful fathers, and even you know, with single moms, you know, that have wonderful relationships with dads who want to be a part of their children's lives, even if those relationships may not have worked out in the marriage. You know, phenomenal men um, need to be a part of a child's life in order to help them be well-rounded, phenomenal children, you know, as well. So this is a very exciting topic, again, on Devoted Moms. Yes, I agree.
2: Uh, If you want to call in if you are a devoted mom and would like to highlight your spouse or maybe your father or just a phenomenal father that you know in your life, feel free to call in right now at 347-215-6138. Again, that's 347-215-6138. We would love to hear your story. And, um, Sylvia, you, you brought up a good point about sometimes when the relationship doesn't work out um, with the with the two parents, how it's so important for the child to have both parents still, you know, be involved in their life. And i've seen even in some of my friendships how divorce can just be so ugly and the relationship between the father and the child is not is honored as well as it is the mother and the child. And sometimes I definitely feel, well, I should say every time I definitely feel for the child in that situation when they're caught up in the middle and almost felt like who am I supposed to love or who am I supposed to live with or, you know, who am I supposed to side with when they shouldn't have to feel that at all. Yeah, Um,
4: because in those situations, whenever, you know, we speak negatively about one parent to – To the child, then we're speaking negative negatively to a part of ourselves, you know. Mm -hmm. That's within that child, and are you know the parts of our being that are not acceptable to the parent, you know. And how important our words are, and how tragic the and devastating the long term impact of those words can be on the child. You know, Tasha, you have some other. Um, callers
0: here. Hey, Regina, are you here with
4: us? Oh, I am. Hello, hello.
0: Hi, Regina. I apologize for a little bit of a delay. Um, hello to everyone. Tasha, I didn't get our uh, prep call. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> I prayed for the uh, both of us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you. One um, great thing about doing life with you, Tasha, is I know that you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you called
4: in right
2: at the right time because
0: Sylvia said we actually have our first question.
4: Awesome, awesome. Another caller on right now, and I think that this may be one of the phenomenal fathers. Is this Jenny? Okay, maybe not. Stand by. Go ahead and continue the conversation. I'm going to perform my engineering responsibilities.
0: <laughs> All right, Sylvia. Hi, hey, Sylvia. Darling. I also wanted to say greetings to you. Um, well, you know, I heard just a glance uh, uh, as I was trying to get technology to work for me Um you know I am really glad that we are going to honor and raise up um the phenomenal fathers that we've gotten to know um you in a very personal way with Kenny, but also um
2: are you still there Regina? I think we, we lost you might be having some technical difficulties right now, which, um, you know, that happens. Um, So we're going to have some of our guests call in um, shortly. And these are, we have two men, two fathers that are calling Mm -hmm. in. One coming from uh, a divorce situation. He's a single father now and has just had to raise up as a phenomenal single father. And he's just going to talk a little bit about how it's been with his journey as a father. And then we are going to talk to my phenomenal husband, who is the uh, father of three children, married father of three children, and just some of the ways that, um, you know, and some of the things that he's gone through with his journey as a father. So looking forward to speaking to both of them today. Regina, are you back with us?
0: I am. I'm here. Yay. I'm here. I'm here. Um, I I would be remiss if I did not say that... Um, there is a uh, phenomenal father that we all have that I um am sitting in a place where um God is uh touching me with sunshine. And so I just wanna say that, you know, when all those different dynamics of fathers, uh, uh being a father happen that we that I personally believe that we do have a heavenly father and that Mm -hmm. uh, the love and the unconditional uh, devotion to his children is a great great example from every father that I um, have ever interacted with, including the father who reared me. So I want to give a shout-out for um, my own dad who showed me um, unconditional love and also, um, you know, just what I expect from or what I hope that my children uh, we'll be able to experience. And so, um, you know, Lauren Sims, I love you. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and for and for you, you know, uh, Mr. Jimmy also had a birthday this week, so, you know, shout-outs for your father, Tasha. Um, yes. So they they, they didn't make it hard. They made it hard. <laughs> they made, yes. Well, they raised the bar. The bar is very high. It didn't make it hard, but it made us realize the... Um, Just, you know, what it looks like for a male to um, be such a part of creating um, two daughters who are now doing the things that we're doing. Right. So, big shout-out, to. It does look like we have um, a a caller on.
2: Yes, I think we might have our guests on hold as well as possibly um, a caller calling in to ask a question. So, if we do have a caller, caller, if you want to go ahead and state your name. Are you there? Maybe, maybe not. Caller.
3: Hey, doctor, this is Kenny. I'm on. I'm not sure if you're ready for me not.
2: To... We're always ready for you, honey. That's oh, my husband, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, special day. How are you?
3: I'm fantastic. Ladies, how are you all doing? Good, good.
0: Kenny, I'm thank good. you so much for taking time um, out of your busy schedule to uh, share with us um you know, your experience and your insight, because I I admire you as a father, um, a male, and just an incredible friend tremendously. So I'm glad to get to talk to you.
1: Oh, thank you for the kind
3: words. I'm taping this, so I'm going to play that back over and over in the loop.
0: (laughs) That's fine with me. You have evidence. And I understand that. uh, Is Carlos also on the line with us? Carlos, well, maybe not, maybe we just have Kenny, uh just uh Kenny right now um so Kenny, phenomenal father
4: how oh, yeah. how
0: what, what you know you have learned to be a father for so long um, in such a different kind of way. Can you tell us a little bit how you became a father?
3: Sure. Uh, Yeah, and it was a little bit of a different kind of way. Uh, I met my beautiful bride, Tasha. We were actually good friends in college, and uh, we didn't start dating until afterward. Uh, But by that time, she had had a little girl named Jordan. And uh, I met Jordan when she was a baby baby.
4: Mm -hmm. And at that
3: point, we still weren't dating or anything of that nature. But uh, just over the course of the... A year, uh, year or two after Jordan was born, Tasha and I started uh, dating become a lot more uh, absolutely fell in love with that little girl.
4: Mm. Uh, and and then her Tasha mother
0: was, was okay, you, too, right? <laughs> say it again? <laughs> and her now, mother mom was, was okay, too.
3: Her, her mom yeah. was fantastic, but I can honestly <laughs> say that. I absolutely <laughs> fell in love with that little girl. And it was funny because she did not like me at first.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, <laughs> she gave was, him a hard maybe,
3: time. Man, that played a part in it because she would look at me sideways. She, <laughs> she, she made a brother work for every single bit of love <laughs> and affection that I received from her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so that was my for, foray into to fatherhood was uh, being able to actually – uh, wrote to a love a, a young girl that was already here uh, mm. and so fell in love with the young lady I eventually adopted her and mm-hmm. she's my daughter she is my daughter
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and, and then after that we had a second one and then six years later had our third so
0: <laughs> I've been
3: doing this fatherhood stuff for now for about 12 years and the funny part about it Regina is that every day is different you know uh, I know I'm learning each and every day how to become better as a father. Uh and it's and it's also evolving too. Like, you know, what I'm doing right now with my youngest who just turned one, you know, I am a lot more active in terms of being on the floor and playing with her a lot more, et cetera, because she's way more active than any of my other kids were.
0: Mm, and I, I see in I'm having the name of tsunami, right?
3: Tsunami, exactly. <laughs> tsunami. <laughs> And with the oldest, because she's almost a teen, mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually having to be a lot more, I don't know the best way to put it, but cognizant and aware of,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
3: of things I say and do and treat her mother because I mm. know that she, in, in, in essence, will be trying to find someone like her father. Right. When she gets a age and starts dating, et cetera. And also being actually a lot more, uh, on purpose in terms of talking to her mm-hmm. about boys, which mm-hmm. actually is a repulsing thought in my mind.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you know what, Kenny, there's something, there's so, there's something that I know that an activity that you do with Jordan, um, like you said, you're very purposeful. And it's interesting, we always think that moms, you know, are the ones who are doing this kind of planning and execution and strategizing. But Kenny, one of the things I've, uh, I know that you do is that you date your daughter, right. um, and, and so that it's true. The first impression that he, she, she will always be able to say the first person or the first man who loved her is is you, and that right. you know you create you have created these standards. Even though there it will be a knucklehead involved somewhere oh, at some point in time, but that knucklehead uh, influence I think is going to be reduced.
1: Because, right. and, and both um, not out the knuckleheads because I was once mm-hmm. a knucklehead. We so, <laughs> <laughs> all broke, but there's certain
0: things that, that, that you look a term
3: of endearment, no doubt. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Someone, I think it's very important. To say so. Yeah, and and for like for for Jordan since she was our oldest, you know, now she has two little ones behind her, so she mm-hmm. was she had the house basically to herself for six years.
0: Right. Uh,
3: so she was the apple of everyone's eye etc so we have to definitely make sure that you know that she understands that just because there are others that follow behind her that her importance in our family has not diminished so Mm -hmm. we have to be make sure that we take time to actually you know spend time with her alone and i don't do that by myself my wife does a great job of that as well uh spending Mm -hmm. time with her Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean at certain times especially with just the you know everything in life happening everything in your family is actually expanding and growing, that you do have to be more on purpose and actually write these things down to make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. What would you say um, is your greatest influence on your father? I'll I, I tell
3: you what. I, I have I have been blessed beyond belief in terms of um, my family life growing up. I have the absolute perfect perfect role model and example of what a father should be.
0: Uh, right. Mr. In, in my heart, <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
3: so I, and and it's funny because we could not be more different <laughs> in the sense of right. how we parent. Mm-hmm. Because give you, he's a principal and he is basically mm-hmm. everything you would think of as, as a principal in terms he of. He was feet. my
0: elementary school principal. Yeah, he was. How small the world is. <laughs> my best friend so Mary yeah, and yep. how so funny he strict. is the world. He
3: was a, you know, he was stern and all of that. I don't remember ever pop, pops, you know, getting on the floor playing with us. Or you know,
0: uh-huh, I can count uh-huh. on a handful
3: of times that he went outside, played basketball with us, et cetera. But I knew every time that there was anything that that was needed, or if uh, anybody, if I needed someone to have my back, to this day, that he would be first in line. And I mean that that, that speaks volumes, even though it's unspoken. Uh,
0: uh-huh. Hey, Kenny, I got a quick question. Um, we've got a, a question from um Phoenix, Arizona.
4: Yeah. And they'd like
0: to ask you the best advice that you can give to a mother who's challenged by their husbands but they are um but they are fathers who love their children. So it seems like um perhaps it, it is a mother who um is having some challenges but you know it's clear that they the the husbands love their children would you Could you give her some maybe some words of encouragement or even advice on how to support and uh develop that
3: uh great question um and i'm I might not be the hundred percent best to answer it because my situation is different, but I would think the most important part is just to let him be a part of that kid's life. Uh, and whatever that means in the sense of be supportive with him. As, I mean, fatherhood is something that is a learned behavior. It's not. I mean, it's not innate where we just know exactly what to do. Some things mm-hmm. we might falter with at the beginning. Some things we mm-hmm. might absolutely stink at <laughs> at first, like mm-hmm. communicating and conversing and being comfortable around your kids. But, I mean, the more time you spend with them, uh, the, 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 the bigger and wider your heart grows for them, uh, the more you will become better at this job. Basically, it's a job, and it's more and it it's way more difficult than any job that you put a resume in for, uh, because it's totally different each day, and it's something way more precious than a job that you're actually trying to raise. So, I think the biggest thing is just to let him grow in the, in, in in this role. Uh, yeah. He might not be the perfect father or whatever it is today, but five, six, seven years on the line, when it's mm-hmm. equally and maybe more so more uh, important he'll be that person that you always want him to be in that kid's life. So I
0: think that's well, the biggest and, thing. Is and just that child benefits from whatever, you know, however that, that exactly. evolves. You know, exactly. like is there a right or wrong, it might. I know that sometimes as mothers we want, you know, fathers to do things a certain sort of way. Well, I wouldn't really do it like that. And I think one of the things I really had to do um, is to lessen my need to control how it's being done. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if the hair is all over the head, you know, did you try?
4: You know, would
0: I be doing candy magic at, you know, 9 o'clock at night when bedtime is <laughs> right. 30? Um, but it really is, I think, that, you know, as a mom, I know that I had to allow for uh, my girl's father to be, you know, I always knew he would be an incredible father, and I do hope that he's he's listening in if not, I want to give him a shout out um because it was and it is hard for us as women and mothers, you know we know the right way to do things, and I think sometimes it decreases the uh capacity of um or it decreases the chance of someone you know of a father stepping up in a way um right. in a more active way,
3: correct. I mean, it gives them more responsibility, and they take more ownership in it. Uh, Because if somebody is always correcting them, at some point Mm -hmm. you're going to just stop trying. (laughs) You know the right way, you go ahead and do it, almost
0: Uh, as childish as that
3: might be. I mean, that's the reality of it.
0: Thank Um, you. So you have to
3: let people grow in their role.
0: Yeah, I I think I I think that one of um, one of the things Tasha and I wanted to accomplish with the show is to really dig and allow for you to say things to moms um, who are completely, you know, are very devoted to their children and families, um, but we just just may not know. So so thanks for saying, you know, thanks for saying that. Are there other pieces of advice or, you know, Tasha, can you mute right quick so that you don't say, oh, <gasps> I thought I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so that we might, call, so that we can create some aha moments for our, for our mothers that are listening out there. Well,
3: I, I guess one of the, that's a big one, just kind of letting him learn and growing, growing his role. Uh, Tasha mm-hmm. has always been spectacular at that. Of course, you know, at the very beginning, she had to make sure that I would, you know, <laughs> be mindful and be careful and you know wouldn't put our child in harm's way or anything like that, but. After those major obstacles, you know, uh, were, were cleared, she knew I had the uh, Jordan's best interests at heart. And there would be mm-hmm. some things that, I mean, today, for example, I mean, last night we went out and we had a cheerleading event, so we had to go and watch that, and my head still hurts. But, <laughs> but after we went and got some food, and, you know, mm-hmm. the kids, it was like 9 o'clock or something, my kids go to sleep like 8 and 9 o'clock respectively, but they had ice cream sandwiches. I thought absolutely nothing of this he was appalled by this whole notion that <laughs> they were eating ice cream sandwiches at nine o'clock at
4: PM.
0: <laughs> uh, so
3: I guess that's just mm-hmm. subtle differences. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a really a minute point, but it's some things that, you know, just let them be. I mean, it's th- that them having that ice cream sandwich is not going to affect them in the morning whatsoever. And it's, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, in terms of growth and preparation in life, it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to harm them. So what you, what, what you might think of is silly. Yes. You know, that that those are times that might be growing times and times that you're, you you know, that father and that kid are growing together that right. fall outside of the norm and helps that relationship grow.
0: So Well I it a memory making moment. You know, we can all that? remember you know, it's 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 you made a memory. I mean Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be telling their kids, you know, I can remember, you know, you know, it was my sister's chilling thing and shoot my dad let us have ice cream masters, my mom was you know, about to have a fit, but you yeah, <laughs> know, those are the sorts of things that, like, I can remember my dad making spaghetti, making spaghetti for us and not realizing we didn't have spaghetti sauce. So, so he used ketchup. Right. And my mother, when she heard that, was like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. And <laughs> it was the best spaghetti I think I've ever seen.
3: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was just, she was I, I, just I, I, made I, it. Yep. <laughs> And now you talk about stuff that you remember. I remember in eight okay. years when I was eight years old. Uh, so there was <laughs> several decades ago now. <clears throat> I was playing basketball, and again, like I said, my my, my pops didn't come outside and play sports with us much. But he came out there one time, and we played one on one basketball. Now just remember how dude was out there cheating, right? Because <laughs> I know in his mind he was like, there's no way on earth this dude is. I'm gonna let this little guy beat me. So he was out there cheating. I remember he wouldn't take the ball back after it hit the rim and all that kind of stuff. He went straight back up. And I I was amazed at that. But it's 30 years later, and, well, I guess a bad part of it, I remember him cheating. But the second part was I remember him actually spending time out there. Let's
0: let's glean glean out the uh, lesson there.
3: (laughs) Yeah, The bad part about it was he's cheating and I'll tell it to his face today. But anyway,
0: the, the real part
3: about that was that he spent time out there with me.
0: Right, and, you know, we had a right, ball. Right, so we right. were
3: laughing. We were talking joke, ju- I mean, talking junk to one another. It was okay. banner back and forth. You know, his junk was a little more aggressive than mine because I knew my limits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's a memory that was made, like I said, and I remember it 30 years, and it was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm,
4: mm mm-hmm.
0: so, yep. And
3: it's funny that those memories don't have to be big. So if anything, I could tell your the lady that asked the question earlier, is that uh, one thing I want to stress to men is that everything does not have to be big for it to be memorable. Uh, I think we get caught up in a lot of times in having to spend X amount of money or mm-hmm. have, you know, go and do yep. this and do that and, you know, it's the thing to do mm-hmm. and you just spent basically a half a paycheck doing so.
4: Mm-hmm. When they don't
3: require that. They will remember going to the movies. They will remember going out to a, a park with their dad and pushing on the swing set. Little things Mm -hmm. like that, they remember and mean mean much more than spending apples of dollars to to get that memory.
0: Right, right, right. That's That's powerful. That's something, you know, I really do hope that the moms that are listening out there, and we encourage for you to, you know, call in and let us know if there's a, um, you know, if you've got a question that, you know, maybe you're trying to strategize on how to get your husband or your children's father more involved and more active. You know, let's let's use the uh, brain trust that we have here uh, with Kenny. And I think uh, it's hard to do it. see where we've got our next, uh, our um, additional guests is on the line. Yeah, I think we do. Carlos, are you there?
1: Hey, ladies. How goes it? Hi.
2: Ah, it goes Thanks. well, Carlos. How are you?
1: I'm blessed today. I'm blessed. How about you guys?
0: Good, good. Hey, hey Carlos, fantastic. I'm glad to hear you. Thanks Everything for having good. me on today. Awesome well, yeah,
2: thank, topic. You, thank you for having us on. I mean, we you know, when we started planning show topics a few months ago, we knew that Phenomenal Fathers was going to be one of our topics that we would probably discuss a couple times a year and you and Kenny were definitely at the top of the list when we thought of, you know, phenomenal fathers that we knew in our circle and in our life. So um oh. I appreciate you being able to join us today.
1: Again, thank you for the invitation. I feel honored and humbled, uh, first of all, to be identified as a phenomenal father. That's the furthest thing from my mind when I started this process a long time ago. You know,
4: that's how I was hear moved you.
0: Yes. That's a great feed into how did you uh, – Kenny shared a little bit early. I don't know if you got a chance to listen in, um, about how his process for becoming a, a, a father – um, what was,
1: what did yours look like? Oh, well, I'm the oldest of eight, uh, so I have seven uh, siblings, three brothers and four sisters, although we lost my one brother about three years ago. And um, so I've had the pleasure for years of being Uncle Carlos. Um, <laughs> and then I'm a firm believer in, uh, this is just my opinion, that men have a biological clock also. And so I was approaching my 50th birthday and was still not a father and just didn't think it was in the cards for me. And I remember having this long discussion, argument with God about why he hadn't allowed me or blessed me to be a father. And you know what they say about you want to make God laugh, you make plans. And mm-hmm. so I'm two weeks shy of graduating with my master's, and I get the news that I'm going to be a first-time dad at 51 years old. <laughs>
0: wow. So
1: that's my story
0: Well, you know, you beat Abraham Abraham out I mean, you know, Abraham was, what, 100?
1: Oh, thank you very much
0: (laughs) That was just wrong, Carlos I'm not going to co-sign on
2: that one Well, that's all right, that's
1: all right You know, God did some amazing things to people in the Bible Including Abraham So if, if he touches me in the same light I would feel truly blessed. I, I feel honored to have this young man, because I have a son, and to mm-hmm. play hard in my life. Yes.
4: and yes.
1: teach He gives me something new every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Every day. Well, can you
2: talk a little bit, you know, you said you were 51 when you became a father. Can you talk about maybe some of the challenges that you have faced starting fatherhood maybe, um, you know, a little bit later than some other men have?
1: Well, you know, even though I started late, Tasha, I'm not sure, and I I say this because it might help somebody else out there that's struggling, Mm -hmm. is that I'm not uh, really proud of my first response when I found out that I was going to be a father and fear took over and I was like, no way. Uh, and then it was my process of, well, if you go to the barbershop enough, eventually you're going to get a haircut. And then my upbringing mm-hmm. kicked in, uh, my grandmother and the way I was raised and my family. And I knew, I knew I was going to do the right thing. And so that entailed a marriage, uh, right. attending every OBGYN um, uh, appointment. Taking ding, ding. all off- Huh? No, I was
2: saying ding, ding. Good for you. Good one.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, putting up an <laughs> office that I had become uh, attached to through my two-and-a-half years of getting my master's and actually turning that into the, my son's uh, nursery, uh, which mm-hmm. was really a joy, picking out the paint and painting and putting the little things up that you uh, that you do when you're expecting a new one, to actually uh, being in the delivery room. Uh, he was a plan to Siri, and so I was real clear that I wasn't going to look on that side of the cover, but I asked right. the doctor, <laughs> as she, as soon as she delivered him, she held him up in the air and it, first of all, I was just amazed at how blue he was. That's <laughs> the first thing, and that was she handed him fun. off. That him. Such
0: <laughs> interesting first yeah, reactions, they,
1: you know what? And, <laughs> right. and, and 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 like she handed him off to the attendants, and they took him over to the birthing table, and then they started working on him. And the whole time, I'm clicking pictures pictures mm-hmm. and to watch him, I call it pink up. You know,
0: where life right. comes
1: in his body, it was it, it was just a, an awesome experience. It could only be God,
0: only,
2: mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. only. I agree. The mm-hmm. definite this. God, a God, definite God story. So we actually have a um, a question from a caller in Las Vegas, and mm. uh, maybe you can speak to this, Carlos. He says, "I don't know my father, but I desire to be a phenomenal father." And we have a son arriving in two months, and I'm 51. Any advice? Yeah, yeah uh,
1: because my story is somewhat similar in that I didn't know my biological father for quite a few years. Uh, and so there was a male figure, my stepfather, that raised me. It wasn't the ideal environment. But I, I would just tell the caller that one of the things I realized is that I had the opportunity with the birth of my son to break the cycle.
4: Mm-hmm. So some of the
1: things that mm-hmm. I felt like I missed growing up, I had an opportunity to do over again. There was some physical abuse, and that it was very early on I realized and made a decision that my I was not going to subject my son to the same thing. And I would just suggest to the brothers that you surround yourself with a support system. Interestingly enough, mine happens to be female, majority, um, but I have talked to some fathers that are parenting uh, single parents, and we have actually talked about uh, forming a support group. I mean, things like, uh, you know, your child is crying all night and you want to run to the emergency room, and it's something simple as they're cutting a tooth, you know, okay. or just little things. The first time they fall down and have a boo-boo, the first time they have a uh, they're an elevated temperature, my God, what do I do? There was actually mm-hmm. a real good book that somebody had recommended, like the first year of your child's life.
0: Uh-huh. That was
1: phenomenal, and I can't tell you the number of times that I opened up that book and and the relief that it gave me because it, what was happening was supposed to be happening.
4: Uh-huh. You know?
1: uh-huh. So I would just tell the caller, you know, so educate yourself as much as you can about newborns, um, and then also pray to God for some patience. <laughs> Patience,
2: ha, huh? yes Yes, yes. <laughs> yes Especially
1: when you want to sleep all night And they're determined that they're going to keep you up
0: Mhm. Yes mm-hmm. You know? Wow Carlos, kind of, um, you know, as we were, as we were talking um, And I was inviting you to come on today to the show To share your experience You know, something came through uh, That I think would be also helpful To um, our listener in Las Vegas you have always um uh been humble enough to ask questions and seek out um so that you could make a you could influence your son differently than maybe how your father your your experience being fathered was and so you're intentional of you know taking in different information Um, I'll just, you know, say that Carlos and I uh, do a lot of memory building uh, with our kids. He shares um, Antonio with me, and I'm tremendously grateful to God for that. Um, But, you know, in just being very purposeful about how you discipline, you know, I know that you think a lot about that before you just respond. And, you know, could you maybe talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, um, you know, it was it was really a process for me to be willing to ask for help uh, because I didn't necessarily think that I knew it all. It's just it's not in my DNA to ask for help. The story of my life was I made a decision early on to go left instead of right, and because I was grown, I think we had talked earlier about I left my parents' house when I was 17 years old and had not been back to this day. And so when it came time or when it came to my son and learning to be a single parent, because unfortunately his mom and I didn't, didn't make it, um, I tried to do it on my own. But I was so afraid that I was going to cause some harm
4: mm-hmm. that I knew
1: that I needed to ask for help and I needed to be humble and ask for help. And even when uh, I got it, sometimes I wanted to buck and, you know, yeah, you say mm-hmm. this, but I still say it's this. But ultimately, you know, I, I choose to, to associate uh, with folks that have walked the path that I'm now walking and that can help me. I don't have to maybe make mistakes that a lot of other folks made. And then, you know, it's a little bit different for a single dad than it is for a single mom. I still think there's a paternal instinct that's there because my son and I are so in Uh mm-hmm. And I've got to believe that. That God gave men some, some, uh, like I said, paternal instinct as well. But mm-hmm. there, I had more experience at being Carlos running on self-will than I had in asking for help. But once mm-hmm. I did, things got a little easier. And the right. next time I had to go, it wasn't an ask for help. It wasn't as hard the second time and the third time. Okay. Okay. What I had to worry about and, and I struggled with is. The feeling that somebody else is raising my child because they're telling me all the things to do and not to do. You know, but
0: Uh I've done it, man. You know, (laughs) I'm the one who's asking for help. Great, good question. Listen, um, we have a caller or we have a question from Anchorage, Alaska. I love that, you know, we're getting folks who are listening to us from all over the world. Thank you, Oh isn't that awesome? Yeah, so over in Alaska, um, apparently someone's um, devo- a devoted mom asked her husband to listen to the show, and he said that he travels a lot. And I you know Kenny, um, you, your job entails a good bit of a uh, travel and being away. Carlos, you have your uh, son every other week, um, so yes. you're also away from him um, quite a bit. So the question is, how would Kenny and Carlos handle being an absentee father who is being re- who is being a responsible provider, but is absent so much?
3: Uh, that's a tough Kenny. one. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah, Go that's ahead. a tough one. And it's, and it's one, again, that you definitely have to be on purpose. And technology, I think, has made that process a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started and I was doing quite a bit of traveling, uh, there wasn't a Skype there wasn't a FaceTime, uh, so we were just going by on phone calls, and I was talking to them, you know, over the phone. I wasn't going all that much. I was going twice a week. But, you know, for my kid, especially as a baby, one, two years old, that's hard. You know, when his, his father's not there, you put him in sleep or whatever the case may be. Um, what what I would suggest is just to just be on purpose in terms of talking to that, uh, making sure that father is talking to that child each night and telling them, you know, uh, asking them about their day. Uh, just doing things that they would normally do, but, you know, it's, unfortunately they're not there to do it in person, but they're having to do it over the phone. But technology uh-huh. has made that so much easier. I know my actually my kids actually love when I'm not there at times so they can do this Skype <laughs> and <their> FaceTime.
4: Skype, <laughs> <It's
0: simple, laughs> <true>. they do. <laughs> well, you know, they're there's FaceTime. Little. If you got an when iPhone, we, there's FaceTime. Um, yeah, when yeah. my
3: wife got her new iPhone and we did this FaceTime the other day, uh-huh. I mean... They had the best time. Now, they were talking about my head was huge the entire time, but it was you know, it was just stuff that we were doing that <laughs> allowed me to connect with them even though right. I was not present to be there. You know what I mean? Right.
0: So it's just and a I'm matter sure of. You
3: know, I, sorry, would, I
0: would also say your children appreciate you making that effort too.
3: Definitely, definitely. Because they understand it's the job taking me away and not necessarily I'm, you know, trying not to be there. Uh, at least I hope they have that understanding, and, you know, and I and I tell them I'm, I'm going to miss them, and I, I see it in their face, they're not happy when I'm traveling and stuff, but uh, it's, it's something that's necessary, but I want them to know that they are absolutely number one in my life, uh, and wherever I am, I make time to get out. I will leave a meeting, if it's an evening meeting, and call them, and Skype them or they, whatever the case may be to make sure that I say my good nights to them, ask them about their day, and they know their father is thinking about them even when he's not there.
0: Mm, that's powerful. That's Carlos, do you have um, a quick answer? Because we actually have another question behind this one.
1: Well, you know what? You I, I just try to be a whole dad, and it's kind of hard to uh, parent in extension. You can take care of your financial responsibilities but there's something about being in your child's life, active in your child's life. You know, there's just some things that, in my case, my son is going to learn from me. Uh, and there's a lot of things that I'm learning from him as well. So I just think you need to be there. Up until recently, every time I told my son I was going out of town, it was a major meltdown. Uh, and he's gotten a little better with it now. But now I'm not so good with it. I'm only good for about two or three days, and I have got to get back. And in the process, while I am away, he has to call me, you know. So I just believe, and I'm just blessed that I'm able to be in his life on a constant basis. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that would be my short answer.
0: (laughs) Well, we do
2: have um, another listener, and uh, this question is, again, for Kenny and, and or Carlos. He's saying that he wants to marry the mother of his two children but she avoids the commitment. Your thoughts?
1: You know what, um, what Kenny? Caller, I I, I just remember um, when I had gotten married, this was my second marriage, and I, I really thought that this one was going to last, and unfortunately it didn't. And if I had any hindsight or I had any regrets, I wish I had taken serious when she said she wanted to go to counseling. Now, I did, and we did go to counseling, but interestingly enough, she chose a Christian counselor, and so when we went and we had an initial session, at the end of the session, the counselor says, well, now I'm going to pray to God, and he'll tell me what to do next, and when we went to our next session the following week, the counselor says that God had told her that she could not counsel us because we had went against God's will because my future wife or my wife at the time wasn't my wife when she got pregnant. And I just backed away from counseling. Uh, And, and you know, so counseling is it, dude. You know, if if somebody's struggling with something, it's usually a story there, and you just have to be willing to, to explore it and just let her know that it's safe and you're willing to walk that path with her. Uh, You know, just like we go to doctors for for medical issues, for those things in our past that are serving as barriers to challenge, we go get professional help for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would be the one regret I had, not to say that the marriage would still be uh, on today. It's just looking back, that's one of the things I wish I had done different.
0: Carlos, in some of our past shows, and I'm glad you brought that up, um, we have talked about, you know, just like a mechanic, you go to a mechanic and that mechanic, doesn't quite fix your car like you know that they were supposed to, you don't stop driving that car. You go and find an appropriate mechanic that you learn to trust and, you know, because it's that important. And so I think that um, you are so, um, I think it's going to be so helpful for folks to hear, you know, sometimes you can get a bad counselor or it could be, it could not be a good fit, but don't stop there because the, The long, you know, what you're trying to achieve is so important. You can't just let one person stop you.
1: I look at it like uh, getting a a serious medical procedure. You know, if you get cut on, it's going to hurt like heck for a while, and they're going to give you some medicine, but eventually it's going to heal. But most of the times when your body is invaded, it heals from the inside out more so than the outside in. And so it hurts for a while, and it's painful for a while, but... If you Mm -hmm. want to stick to it and follow directions, it does get better. That's my experience. Mm
0: -hmm. Don't
1: feel good while you're going through it, though.
0: Thank you for that. That goes, we call it couch time, a little bit of couch couch time, time. a little bit (laughs) of couch time. Amen. (laughs) A little bit of couch time. Did you have any thoughts around that, Kenny?
3: No, I think he hit that that on the head, actually, (laughs) that
0: (laughs) One of the things that we admire greatly about um, these two men and men in general is, you know, once you hear someone hit it, you don't have to recreate <laughs> Yeah.
2: No, no, no reiteration
3: needed. No, no reason needed. to try to recreate the wheel.
4: That brother did, <laughs> he did a great job. I'm going to let
0: it go. <laughs> awesome. That is, that is really hilarious. Um, I have to ask, you know, Tasha and I talk a lot about our faith and how it influences um, you know how we parent. Um, can you all give us just a little bit of, you know, what is it um, that 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 helps to guide, you know, how you operate as far as a faith system or a belief system?
1: Mm-hmm. Kenny, first uh, side yeah. of
0: that one. Yeah, I, I will jump on that one. I, I have to give a lot of credit on this
3: to my wife because she drugged me into uh, the spiritual person and spiritual household that I currently live and reside in. She I
0: him. Him. Um, like she yes. you
3: like She drug you? Like she, I she dragged him. you. She dragged me into it because I was not so, quite okay. content doing me and being happy with, you know, just that. Right,
1: and right, I had to understand right. that there was
3: something that's much bigger than myself. So okay. I give her credit for that. But in terms of how we live and uh And how our spirituality kind of forms everything. I mean, it's the basis of all our relationships. I mean, the way that we interact with our children is based out of love. That comes from our spiritual uh, beliefs. Uh, The the way that we have our uh, children not only interact internally, but external of this house and carry themselves, et cetera, and what they expect not only from, you know, but And their expectations that they have not you know of themselves, I think that all ties into your spirituality and believing in something much greater than yourself uh mm-hmm. so I, I i think it all kind of ties together in the sense of uh there is a i mean at 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 the core of christianity is a is a belief in helping one another uh right. and I think that we do a good job of expelling, extolling to our children that you know life is much bigger than yourself. And what are we going to do to actually, you know, make this place better? (laughs) And it's funny because each of our children react differently to that. (laughs) At least I think we're laying the framework and the foundation Mm -hmm. that they can actually, you know, use their own talents to go with wherever they want to go with. Mm -hmm.
0: Kenny, I love that you said, and we actually had a comment from Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, that speaks to, you know, um, one spouse having the wife having a, is being faith oriented and believes in church and Sunday school. Um, what I and then the husband is saying, you know, he doesn't see it as important. Right. But I was really glad to hear you say, and I don't know if you could talk to a little bit more. If you didn't talk about, she drug you to church. She <laughs> drug you to spirituality and right. into your relationship with God is how I is what I heard you say.
3: Exactly, and and. I guess the best way to put it is that, I, you know, I grew up in a, a, a Christian household. So I, I had a foundation there and I had a belief system there. But I had no desire to actually, you know, step out on faith and learn more and, you know, mm-hmm. become deeper into the word, et cetera. And she helped me tremendously in that. Uh, all mm-hmm. I can say is that, I mean, the best teacher is uh, is one. I mean, you can talk to, them, to somebody, to the, especially a man. You can talk to a man until you're blue in the face and he is not going to listen <laughs> for the most part. After a while, I get turned off by that after a while. Uh, but the best example okay. is to, you know, live your life in the way that, you know, that you want him to get to. So if you mm. want him to go to church with you, go every day. Tell him about what you learned while you were there. Uh, show him what, you know, what the values that have been, you know, extolled in you and how you, you know, uh, bring that to the community. And I mean, mm-hmm. the, the best teacher is you know seeing something and learning from one's example. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I, I mean,
3: I, I don't think you can go to that person and say you need to and, and set ultimatums and say you need to go here with me or our relationship isn't going to work, because I can guarantee you that probably is not going to be a, a successful tactic. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But if you show him nope. and
3: use it by uh, use your example and you know live a, live a life that's you know one that he might want to emulate,
4: mm-hmm. uh,
3: it might. Very well go the the way that you want it to.
0: Great, kind of have a quick answer. I mean, well, kind of a quick quick insight, only because we have one other caller, and I'm starting to look and see, and our time is is coming close to so close. Yeah,
1: giving uh, my life has been full circle with my spiritual life. I'm with uh, PK, so my stepdad's a minister, my uncle's a minister, my uh, paternal grandfather's a minister. That would be
0: preachers' kid. <laughs> Yeah, PK, <laughs> kid, right.
1: Uh, and so, of course, I'm not going to say all PKs preachers' kids do, but I turn left rather than right. Uh, but I've, I've started to make this walk back and, and improve my faith life. But Antonio really doesn't have a choice in it. I'm going back to my roots. And I was raised in the church, Baptist church, where you mm-hmm. get up and you go to Sunday school, you go to morning service, you go in the back and you eat dinner you go to evening service uh, for mm-hmm. years. Uh, and like I said, Antonio's mom is a minister, so between the both of us, we have committed to make sure that he has a faith life. And ultimately, he's going to choose for himself. And the young man really loves going to church. Amen. Yeah, he,
0: he gets God. Hey, listen, we've got a question from uh, Canada. Um, I've made lots of mistakes as a young father. I'm older now in trying to mend my relationships with my children. Uh, They are angry with me, rightfully so, but I'm older and changed. How can I be a part of their lives um, and that of my grandchildren? Wow, great question. Mm.
1: Mm. Uh, You know, I'm not even sure to answer to that. I have a lot of friends. uh, My my background history is I had a monumental battle with drugs and alcohol, and I'm just thankful that, uh, this year is my 19th year uh, in recovery. So I have an been chasm to see me under the influence of drugs. So I don't know what this brother's challenge is that caused this chasm or division between his kids, but I've heard enough people in the 12 step fellowship I go to say, you just pray for their forgiveness and you just continue to put one foot in front of another. And ultimate authority will take care of how you took folks end up interacting and engaging with others because God is the ultimate authority, my friend. And Like I said, I know it doesn't feel good right now, but just continue to do positive things and just see if eventually, slowly but surely, you begin to win them back in your life.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 I also Carla. just got... I, Carlos, I think, just again, thank you for sharing your stage. I got a quick question on um, uh, my end on... What if I grew up in a single parent household, mom? Where do you get male direction? So, if, if for those mothers out there who may be um, uh, rearing um, sons, what would you suggest for them, um, you know, to to encourage the success of that of that young man turning into a phenomenal father?
1: Well, I think the first thing I would do is maybe turn to the family system. Given all the challenges with traditional groups like the Boy Scouts and some of the other things that have traditionally been tasked with raising boys to men and some of the things that are going on in those systems right now, hopefully it would be the family system, either through a grandfather or a brother or an uncle. Uh, But the mom has to make a concentrated effort to uh, try to put – Strong men in, in their child's life. And I'm really proud of the African American brothers that are committing to mentoring now and not depending on traditional systems like you're going to put them in the Cub Scouts in the Boy Scouts and you're going to do this. Basically, turning your child over to somebody else and you not know what's going on. Um, but I just believe the family system. And hopefully, there's a model there that you can uh, ask for their help.
0: Well, Carlos, wouldn't you also say there are uncles? There are um, significance. Uh, you know, Carlos and Kenny both um, served as surrogate fathers um, at different times for my children, and in in mm-hmm. in the way of providing and modeling and giving them attention um, that when their father wasn't able to, um, that they stepped in. And so I think that you know I know through prayer um you know that that you know these you two have manifest, and there's other males um we were hoping to hear from uh the cousin Rick uh awesome, just um you know father and uh it father's my children in the absence of their dad, and so I think that you know really surrounding them with safe, secure, healthy um people is going to be is really crucial um i do want to say uh, a shout out for the recovery community from toronto uh canada um someone uh has emailed in and said that they are 13 years in recovery god bless you and keep it going um i agree with him just pray for them and continue to be positive word and action to them eliminate all negativity so that's a uh, that's really cool. That's awesome. And, and that is, uh, you know, a topic that we are going to talk about is, you know, the role of addiction um and the challenges of addiction but also the incredible blessing of recovery. Um it's mm. as, is as, as yeah. we move forward. So maybe we'll maybe Carlos will um uh come back to us and and talk more um on that. Um we've got about uh one more minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, i love it
4: time.
0: i want to thank god and thank kenny and um carlos uh for you know and also the folks that are globally listening to us it's just it is so humbling tasha mm. i i thank you for um being in this walk with me i think our god story has been these two incredible gentlemen talking to us today i know that this that's this has just been awesome and i think um
2: for our God story real quick, I, I posted the question on Facebook, what are some things that your dad
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com.